Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Writer's Advice Podcast. I am so glad that you are here. Now, I have another really incredible author that you um, that I have to share with you and another really beautiful chat that I know that you guys are going to absolutely love. Um, a little update, if you have been loving these episodes, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Um, there is so much goodness in this one. Also, book two of the Shadow and Shifter series is officially out. So Starseed book one is out there in the world. And now book two, Quintessence, is out there as well. So I am just going to give you a little bit um, of an about on this. So this is kind of like a little bit where the hell is she coming from? I definitely recommend that you look up um, Starseed. But this is book two of my Young Adult Paranormal series. So Maya and Kaya are only just learning how to navigate the dark shadows that linger around the earth. As Maya and Kay move through grief to prepare for their final exams, fate has other plans and the dark shadows thicken at a rapid pace. The cause? Two twin girls new to Stanton High. Shifters from the centre of the earth, willing to do anything to take down a starseed and use their soul power on any human that gets in their way. Battle is imminent and Maya and Kay are greatly outnumbered. Confident to win with love by their side, they're ready to do anything to protect the earth and its people, even if that means fighting to their soul's death. I love this book, guys, and honestly, go check out the cover. It is absolutely gorgeous and I know you are going to love it. And if you love all things paranormal, then you are going to absolutely love this episode as well and this week's guest. So enjoy, guys. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Okay, cool. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice podcast, everyone. I'm excited because today I am joined by Pip Finkmeyer, who is here. Um, hold on the debut of your novel, um, Sad Girl Novel, which, to be honest, there's so much I want to dive into about this. But first, thanks so much for thanks so much for coming. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I'm super, super happy to be here. Now, I feel like your journey of writing is going to be, I, I don't know how much we're going to blur the lines and I want to get into your journey of writing versus this general book because it's about a journey of writing as yeah. well so um, <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna ask you just the same question at the start anyway and I'm sure we'll, we'll go on that path so what was when did you first realize that you were a writer uh oh that's a good question um I hadn't actually ever started writing before I moved overseas so I knew I was interested in books. Um, I worked in bookstores and I did my master's in um, book publishing and editing. So I think I wanted to be a fiction editor first before I had ever written. Um, and then I realized that that's kind of an impossible thing to be, but so is being a writer. Um, but I moved overseas and I switched to like working in tech, working at a tech startup, which is the 
cliche, really, moving to Berlin. Um, and then, yeah, one of the main reasons I moved there was because I wanted to, like, finally make time to write, work less and write more. Um, and then I joined a writers group and I started realizing, like, having conversations with other people about writers, about writing that I realized that, like, all these things that I thought were just my problems are actually just stereotypical writer problems. So then I was like, maybe I am a writer. Um, and then, yeah, I really, like, found my people with them. So I think that helped. And then once I got home, I remember, like, getting all of my notebooks that I had been filling out through my 20s. And I thought I was journaling. But then when I looked back at them, I was like, oh, I think I was actually, like, developing my voice even back then. I just didn't really know what I was doing and didn't imagine ever publishing or anything like that. Yeah. 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 So I want to go back. So you moved to Berlin to, like, was there a particular reason for Berlin in the first place? Um, well, just a very logistical reason. It's easy to get your visa to go to yeah. Berlin. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was high on my list. And London didn't really feel like exciting to me. And I think New York was originally where I was going, but I couldn't get a visa. So switched to Berlin at the last minute and then... Um, yeah, like I have a German last name and I have German heritage, but that wasn't really why I was interested in going. Um, so basically the fact that it's a cheap city and it, so hopefully I could work less and write more yeah. because I had been struggling to, to do that for a long time. Um, but I didn't know anyone there. And then slowly I like met people, got more into like the music scene and like going out dancing and more of the things that Berlin has to offer. And, um, yeah, ended up staying for five years because I loved it. And then COVID sort of helped me come home as well. Oh, okay. Yep. Helped or forced? A bit of both. A bit of both. I was yeah. going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stayed for like the first year of COVID or something, but um, it was a lot easier. Like this makes me sound very like, I don't know. Obviously there's a lot of serious stuff going on, but because the city had sort of shut down, there was no like nowhere to go out. Like Berlin wasn't really Berlin anymore. So it was easy for me emotionally to leave and to come home. And now I'm really glad that I did. So yeah. 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 And it, it's amazing. Now you're hot on the debut of this novel. And I have to say the language in it and your voice, you were talking about developing your voice. Like the voice is so raw and upfront in this like great way it's just like there's so many just like f yes moments in this <laughs> I love this because it's just like yeah I don't want to give too much away but if you want to give us a little bit of a synopsis of sad girl novel and and where particularly in your journey this kind of became the book that you started writing yeah sure um yeah like on the voice I think that was I sort of led with the voice more than the plot mm. even though I do love a good plot and that was a lot of fun making the plot really tight as well I think I was sort of led by on a sentence level um because that's sort of what I fall in love with when I read a book is what it's like to read on a sentence level and I like things that are very sort of like unflinchingly honest or mm. maybe a bit like a wolf in sheep's clothing like they seem quite sweet and harmless and funny and then but they're like kind of eviscerating at the same time yeah yeah that's what I was, that's what I like doing and um so with the protagonist 
I wanted to write something that was really ambiguous. Like you can take her a lot of different ways. You could love her. You can hate her. You can um, sort of relate to her or wish that you didn't relate to her um, or sort of like um, I wanted everyone to be able to take different things away from her, which seems to be the case so far. So it's sort of like sometimes reading a book is like walking through a hall of mirrors and you see yourself kind of distorted looking back at you and it's like sometimes nice sometimes not so nice um so the, yeah that's in terms of like the craft of writing that's what I was pushing myself to do was um write something very ambiguous but then the voice sort of came from playing around with this idea that um your debut novelists are always expected to write an autobiographical novel as their first book mm-hmm. especially young women um and there's lots of reasons why it is like you're it's sort of like where you have a lot more comfort when you're writing about experiences that you've actually had it's like you have a bit more freedom and for someone that's writing for the first time um it's a lot easier and so and I really like autofiction like Sheila Haiti, how should a person be um like Rachel Cask, I don't know if that counts, but there's a lot of books that influence me. So, but it's not really autofiction, but it is playing with it. Basically, I just wanted to play with the idea. And I love the feeling when you're reading a book where you're like wanting it to be real and you're like, oh, I bet she's talking about somebody. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, with the, so basically, Kim and I like, we start in a similar place and then we just go completely different directions. Um, but the plot is that um, Kim gives herself one year to write a novel over the course of a year in Berlin. And then her best friend is um, having a baby at the same time. So it's like they're having twins or, and it sort of draws parallels between the, the act of like creating a book and birthing a baby. Um, and especially at that time in your life where you sort of, have to choose mm-hmm. um which lane you're gonna go down um and then yeah there's a big theme of obsession there's like a romance in there which she sort of fuses with this idea of um literary success and that sort of uh yeah I don't want to give too much away either. yeah I know <laughs> hard when you're just like just trying to pull things down and there's been moments where I've been doing this podcast and I'm like oh I want to talk about that but I don't want to go that far deep into it but I think you gave a really great and um you said the whole mirror thing like walking down walking down a hallway full full of mirrors I I actually haven't heard anyone say that on this podcast yet and you're so right because you're reading some like internal dialogue from Kim the protagonist and you're like oh it's like stabs you because it's like wow yep just had that like that's <laughs> you know you can have those moments of like oh yeah that's very very relatable so I absolutely love that about it for sure oh good yeah awesome so what was the process of writing this you went to Berlin and it was did you give yourself a year was that very similar to the book um in theory that would have been great I, but it took way longer than a year um I started out writing short stories um and they really I don't think I would have gone straight into writing a novel until I sort of had the confidence that this was the right idea um but I had a writing group and people would sort of bring stuff in and it would be like the feedback would be like this feels like a novel 
Um, mm. And this is the first thing where I started writing it in class, like as a response to a prompt. I think the prompt was like write about someone who's lost. And I was remembering getting lost around this church that's near my apartment that happens in the book at the beginning um, because it's like a block away from my house, but I still <laughs> used to get very disorientated walking around it. Um, so I sort of made a joke. It started with me sort of making fun of myself. Um, and then, yeah, I set out to make her a bit more of an anti-hero, but then I kept like reeling it back and making her sort of nicer and nicer. I think cause I'm too nice. I couldn't write like a mean person. Um, but yeah, like all the short stories that I've written, I always like play around with unreliable narrators. And I like people who, where there's like layers to it, where the narrator doesn't really know they're being funny, but you might find them amusing. Um, like I remember when I first started writing short stories, I think I was reading like a lot of Miranda July short stories and Sheila Haley and like Bender Levita. And um, so, yeah, that's where it came from. And I remember like not really thinking that I should be funny. Um, so always trying to like reel it back and trying to be more serious and literary. And then, but then like slowly I let it like seep out a little bit and then I sort of lent into it. And I realized like you can have a book that's doing, that's like ambitious in what it's doing on a literary level and also um, silly at times, yeah. you know. Well, that's you creating your own unique voice throughout all of it and finding out what's best works for you as well, which I think is amazing. And you do pull off, by the way. So that's, that's really great. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it interesting. Though. I want to dive into the fact that most people start with short stories because I've always found short stories way harder than to write it like to write a novel outline have you had the same thing or you're just like no that's kind of where you start um I find them I don't want to say I find them easy but yeah they um yeah like I feel like you need to cut your teeth on something before you get into a novel mm. because novel is this like huge thing of having to sustain belief in something I like this is kind of talked about in the book as well like you have no you don't get any um, sort of like feedback or any like feeling of completion for maybe three years or something. Mm. Um, and so a short story is a really good way to sort of um, get some immediate satisfaction. Also like you have, things have to be a lot denser in a short story. Yeah. So everything I wrote was like two or 3000 words. And so I, you get really good at, um, making things happen really quickly and not wasting any words so that when I started writing a novel I had to keep reminding myself um you're allowed to like just have a bit that's a bit meandering and and people will follow you because in a short story I just like feel like people are going to drop out um and also like the language and the voice is always really rich in a short story and I think it can be like quite a little bit more bizarre like people will hang in there for like a weirder protagonist yeah. for a short amount of time. Yep, 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 yeah. for sure. Um, but also just like having the confidence, which is like another theme of the book, is that confidence is almost as important as talent when you're starting out. And I think short stories are a good way to build up your confidence. Like getting something published feels like a big deal, even if it's in like a tiny literary magazine somewhere that no one's going to read like um 
it just sort of builds you up until you feel like you know what you're doing a bit more, which is fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you t- you tapped you touched on a couple of things there: confidence, but also the like the will and the drive to stay with a whole novel and the fact you know you're not getting any gratification from it for a very long time so you know there's all different types of um challenges that come with that what's some advice you'd pass on to navigate it or how have have you dealt with it essentially um I don't know it's really tricky because I remember the feeling when you write something that a passage that you think is particularly good and then you want to send it to someone and it's like really exciting. Um, and then, and then like, if you're lucky, you get, it will get published and people will respond to it like years down the track. And it's, it's, it's very strange. <coughs> um, but I have, I had early readers for this. So a couple of friends who I would send passages to when I had just done it. Um, but honestly, something else that helps is like having music that's matched to like the emotion or the sentiment in what you're writing so that even when you're done with the scene you can sort of keep the energy going by listening to music and um it's sort of like a little bit of an outlet so you can do something apart from just write it and put it away um but honestly it's just a bit of a slog (laughs) so I guess my that you have to um like I think this has probably been said a lot but if you feel like you're writing for someone else um like no one else is going to spend more time on this than you it represents years of your life and um even if you have like a publisher and people waiting on it like you you have to act um enjoy the process of it more than the product Mm. so yeah I have this thing above my desk that says like writing as a practice versus writing as a product. Cause for my work, I, I write for like digital products. Yeah. So that's like trying to produce, that's like getting to the outcome, but you have to, yeah. If you just enjoy the practice of it and, and design it so that you're enjoying like the hours passing as you're working on the thing, then that's the best thing. Because if you're, if it's all, yeah it's sort of like the doing is the act that you're aspiring to and then the book is the byproduct in a way yeah I love that you said that because I think that's you you explained that beautifully and it just made me realize it's it's because of that everything like so many other things in our life you're waiting for the end product or it's like actually just enjoying the doing and the being of this rather than you know waiting for that that end thing to say like tick done on to the next thing or something like that it's like it, it is writing for you for sure I love that yeah and there's no guarantee that anything will happen at the end of it especially if you're writing your first book um so you have to be sort of like even if this ends up in a drawer forever I still got what I wanted out of it yeah. um yeah which is you know easier said than done I think yeah yeah it's a it's a deep learning process throughout the whole doing of something like that though too so there's a lot that you're going to get out of it I feel like anyone who's in the deeps of it right now but um um what other advice do you have for authors in the in the whole realm of of writing and do you recommend taking a sabbatical like if someone is looking at writing on something right now and you know finding the time what what do you recommend for that um 
Yeah, I think a sabbatical could work. Um, so actually, when I started writing the novel, so I started it at the end of 2019. Um, I was on sick leave. Um, so I had like a couple of weeks off and and I couldn't do much except write. And then I and then I got made redundant, which was um, kind of the best thing that ever happened to me. So about ten percent of our company got made redundant just like out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and we got paid out, which like wasn't much, but it was at the time it was enough so that I could actually not work um, and write for a while. And so, and that was the best thing ever. So if you can take a sabbatical or take some time off work. Um, I would say don't jump into it, do some prep and have a plan before you start not working. Otherwise it's incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was the beginning of the question again? Like, Oh, if, oh we're finding the time. I, I kind of asked two questions at once. So it was about, yeah, whether you recommend, you know, take, cause I love the, I love the fact that you went to Berlin and, and did this. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. like, do you recommend that? Um, yeah. The best way for other people to go about it and any other advice that you would pass on to authors. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. I was just like, um, right. <laughs> I think the thing about moving overseas was that all of a sudden I had a lot of free time. So like, in my 20s, I was sort of accumulating friends, like machine, it didn't need to be at all. But I had like moved to Melbourne when I was about 19 or something. So I just had so much on and I, you know, found it hard to say no. So moving to Berlin or moving anywhere, it's, I just had all this time, uh, which was great. But, but I didn't actually know how to write. So it wasn't great in the beginning. <laughs> I was sort of like, oh. Um, so I would say like, maybe do it gradually and then by the time you take time off you're like ready to go um like finding community is probably the number one thing I would recommend which is really difficult to do because you have to like find your people and um you might there might be a lot of trial and error involved in that but if you know other writers who yeah you can share your work with who you whose work you like and vice versa then that's like the biggest motivator um but I did, I tried everything in terms of the routine um, when I was writing this novel. At some t- points I had, I was writing full time, but for a lot of it, I was writing in the morning before work, um, which I wouldn't recommend. It was exhausting and I never want to do it again. But um, yeah, I think you just got to try a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. But for me, like definitely first thing in the morning is is my hot tip. Yeah. 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 Like get it when it's fresh and you're in that creative zone and just go for it. Were you getting up earlier before work to do that? Yeah, I was getting up, I was writing like six till nine. This was during lockdown. So I had a bit more energy because it was just like nothing else to do. Um, but I listened to a radio show that finishes at nine. So I knew that when the rate, when the show ended, I had to like stop writing and start working. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great though I love that um now what like so what's your writing routine now are you kind of like do you have a different routine is there something else that you're in the works on what's what's kind of next for you um yeah I'm writing my second book at the moment so I took some time off so yeah I was writing full-time for for a few months um just to get the first draft out so I would write in the morning um, with instrumental music. 
So it's kind of hard to find good instrumental albums, but it would be like um, sometimes classical or sometimes electronic music or depending on the energy. Mm. Um, And then drinking lots of coffee and writing until I couldn't really write anymore. And then um, I was going to the gym in the afternoon and doing my research. So like, because what I'm researching is the tech industry there's a lot of like audio, like podcasts and, um, and all the books about it I can listen to. So that's like my happy medium. So I'm not sitting at a desk all day. Yeah. So I'm trying to do my research, like audio while I'm walking the dog or whatever. Um, yeah. Cause I kind of run out of steam. I don't think I can write for more than a four hours a day. And then the rest of the day also you have a lot of time, like laying around just like, feeling a bit mentally conked out, but I think that's a lot of good work is done in those hours as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm working on the second book and I'm feeling good about it. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. You're all into it. Yeah. It's interesting. I find a lot of people say that like four is that maximum and it usually is around three or four where people like that's the maximum amount of hours that I can sit down for to really like get something out. You need to take a break after that it's interesting I, most people say that yeah yeah I think um because I've been quite interested in like listening to writers talk about their routines I think it was Zadie Smith said she only does four hours a day yeah and I was like well if Zadie can only do four I'm not gonna try and do more than that and then and some people have like I would say at one point I was trying to think about it like bricks like um and 500 words is a brick and like and yeah. you're building something if I get 500 words done in a day, then that's like my my work is done. That feels good. And then on a good day, I think a thousand words, um, I can get a thousand words done. And I tend to write like um, very laboriously and slowly, so that the line is there from the beginning. There's yeah. not much redrafting. That yeah, yeah, that is nice. That is nice to be able to do that. <laughs> that seems like a nice seamless <laughs> process. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty painful because I feel like with every sentence, I'm like imagining the whole plot of the rest of the book and trying to like foreshadow it. And I'm jealous of people that can just sort of like loosely write and then go over and um, polish it up later. I've never yeah, been able I guess to do it's that. just like everyone has a different process. So it's kind of like, oh, it would be nice if you could do the opposite. It seems like a little bit more easier the other way, greener on the other side. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, but that is so good. Um, now, so you've got you've sad girl novel is everywhere. Everyone needs to grab a copy and get about it. And honestly, I feel like you're going to get so many messages once I do and read this about how much they love Kim and the voice because it is such such a beautiful story. And I'm I'm excited. No pressure, but I'm already excited to read the next one already. <laughs> I love that little yes. bit that you passed on about music too. I want to jump that in there because I feel like like binaural beats or something inter- instrumental is really great when it comes to writing yeah totally and then for the new book because I've had to put it aside for like you know various reasons and I have a playlist um going for that where each scene that I haven't been able to write yet is sort of matched with a song and then at least if I'm walking or something I can listen to it and sort of work work on the scene subconsciously so, like, if someone doesn't have time to write, I would recommend doing that. It makes you feel like you're still doing stuff, even though you're not really doing yeah. stuff. 
But then when you sit down to write the scene, it's like you have all these like images and visuals that you've been thinking about already. I was going to say that um, really create the vision of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which is good. I love that. You're going to have to bring out the, you're going to have to, once once the book two is out, you're going to have to bring out the the playlist for everyone to listen to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I did the playlist for the first one, which, um, which I published it's like on my Instagram or Ultimo um, did it. So every chapter has a song. Um, yeah, I think it's just like, especially when you're writing um, during lockdowns or, you know, like if there's like this input output thing with writing where you need to take a break and go do stuff. And then while you're doing the stuff, you get all these ideas and then you, you can like um, re- re- retreat from the world. I was going to say rescind, not the word. You can retreat from the world and sort of synthesize all the stuff that you did into fiction or into writing. <clears throat> but if you are not in a place where you're actually able to take those breaks and do that really fun stuff, or if you're just working all the time or you're in a lockdown or something, then I think like responding to prompts can be a really creative way to get your ideas. And so music is always a really good prompt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like trying to transpose that into text or like the feeling that you get from a song, trying to put that into a scene can be like a fun exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that brings more realness and emotion to it as well. So I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize you had the, I'm going to need to go and check this playlist out. Cause I didn't realize that you had the first one out there. I'm like onto that straight away. I'm excited now to listen to that. <laughs> now you do that on, that on, that's yeah. on Ultimos or your Instagram um it's so yeah if you go on spotify and look up ultimo sad girl novel pip finkmeyer you should find it and then um also if you go on my instagram i have like a collection of links in my bio and it's there as well um there's a lot of train themed songs in there (laughs) where does everyone get um get in contact with you um yeah give give us your instagram etc and where we can find you Oh yeah, cool. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Pip Fink, um, P-I-P-F-I-N-K. I am slowly becoming more of an Instagram person, um, and I and it's a good place to like collect everything that happens in the book. And I have a website which is pipfinkamaya.com. Um, so all the stuff about the book is there, the playlist is there, and all the all the events that are coming up. Yeah. Um, yes. It's all on there, which is cool. Awesome. I will make sure that's all in the show notes so I can redirect everyone there. But thank you so much for joining us today, Pip. And thank you. Firstly, thank you for this amazing novel. Also, I'm very excited for the next one. And, yeah, everything else that that comes with that. So thank you. Thanks so much, Pip. Thanks for the chat. It was really lovely.